0: to clean up oh
1: that's all right do it later (laughs) well everybody is just filing in if you are joining us today we're going to get the show started in un momento um a couple things top of the hour this is dueling sorcerers so welcome and i'm stacy broadwell um in the bottom i mean this is zoom we all know how to do a zoom but you know it never hurts to do a little you know, uh, you know, tell everybody that in the chat it defaults to hosts and panelists. You want to make sure you default it to everyone. And on our last show, for some reason, my my chat wasn't working. So I'm just gonna put hello. You guys, tell me, does everybody see that? Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> it works. Sometimes you never know. So yeah, everybody, jump in, say hello. Maybe say where you're from. You know, where you're living, if you have hard positions you're working on, if you're looking for a, a role or a source or a recruiting role, there's sourcers and recruiters on the show today, drop your LinkedIn profile in there and say, hey, I'm looking for work. Or um, maybe if you want one of our experts on the show today to source live one of your positions that you're having problems with, drop that in there too. I'll try to field questions as we go, but um, it's about top of the hour. I'm gonna go ahead and get us started. So welcome everybody to Dueling Sourcers. My name is Stacey Broadwell. I will be your host for the show today. And I have two amazing duelers who are gonna duel it out sourcing live for you. We have Erin Matthew. This is not her first rodeo. She's been on the show a couple times now and good to see you, Erin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. Excited to be here. Absolutely. I mean, I reference you often on the show as like you know go to aaron's you know site she did a great thing on this reddit you're known for like doing your reddit stuff landon allen welcome to the show this is your first time we're so happy to have you thank
0: you for having me stacy yeah i feel like um we've got like a david and goliath thing going here but that's okay (laughs) um we'll have fun with it absolutely
1: it will fly by quickly we're gonna have a lot of fun so I, I just want to kind of run by bios, and you know, I know uh, a, a lot of folks on the who are watching today have met many of you, but maybe they haven't. So, Erin, let's start with you. Well, tell us about your role. Tell us what you're doing
2: currently, because I know you just changed jobs. Well, yeah, um, I, it's actually already been five months now at PayPal. So, and w- just so you know, Landon and I are both at PayPal. So you got you know two PayPalers dueling it out today. Um, So I uh, moved from the aerospace industry into fintech. Uh, So it's quite a change in the type of roles that I'm sourcing for, but still in the tech sector. Um, So right now I'm working on, you know, anything from front end, back end, uh, you know, full stack developers, anything like that. So definitely still in tech, just in a different uh, arena. So we're gonna talk uh, specifically today about sourcing in the FinTech space. Um, it's kind of an expansive topic, but um, hopefully you all get something out of it. Um, I've been sourcing for about seven years now. Um, you know, I've contributed to a couple of different communities uh, within the sourcing world. Um, like Stacy said, I am known for Figuring out how to source on Reddit, and yes, today I will show you some Reddit sourcing methods because I have an inability to do any kind of talk without talking about Reddit.
1: Welcome again. Thank you for being here, Landon. Welcome to the show. Tell Thank us about you. what you're doing. And
0: sure, um, you know I I don't want to age myself, but I've been doing this uh, <laughs> for quite a few years, um, over twenty five. Um, you know, started out in the agency world and have moved on to doing quite a few startups. And I, I've always had a methodology in my career where I wanted to learn tech. My dream was to be an engineer, but I couldn't make it. Um, so I started off doing semiconductor, then back end, Then I ran front end at Yahoo during the Lamp Lampstack era um, and have moved more into a leadership role opportunity. When Aaron asked me to do this or asked everyone to do this, I thought, gosh, this would be a really cool time because your technical chops never leave. It's like riding a bike. You get back on but there's so many new things out there it was really exciting so i'm excited to be here and thank you for the invite
1: absolutely so before the show i get together with our speakers our duelers and we have a little chat about what we're going to talk about and um a topic came up that was really i think an excellent way to kind of start the show off and um aaron had mentioned that there should be a pathway for recruiters that isn't just straight management and I think oftentimes and we're going to just dive in a little bit about career paths and recruitment because there's a few things that you can do but I, I don't think that folks and recruiters and sorcerers often think of this practice as something as a career path and growth and what have you. So Erin if you don't mind I mean you've had an incredible uh, career in, in, up into management, up into growth. And you've kind of come back, tell us a little bit about your thoughts there on career paths for recruitment.
2: Yeah. So, um, I think that it really depends on what company you're in when it comes to what your options are for advancement within talent acquisition. And really there are still, I would say the majority of companies out there that see sourcing as a stepping stone to recruiting, mm-hmm. um, when in reality, There are so many technical aspects about this career that can really take your skill set to the next level, to the point where there's very few people that can do a lot of the skill sets that can essentially level up your capabilities for sourcing, you know, to be able to do, um, you know, sometimes 10 times the work in half the time, if you know, you know, certain automation and hacks and things like that. So I think that, you know, more companies need to look at options for sourcers to take on mentorship opportunities. And, you know, I'm very lucky that at PayPal, they're allowing me to move into that type of role as well, because um, as I mentioned before this call, I went into management in my previous role. And there were some things I liked about it, but overall it just wasn't for me. And it took me away from the things that I loved the most about sourcing, you know, it's, you know, being in there every single day, running the searches, going into the rabbit hole and finding things that nobody else is finding. And I think that that, you know, like I said, there needs to be a higher level of advancement for sourcers and recruiters within recruitment teams. And, you know, I've had certain ideas about that, like, you know, following the same kind of track that software engineers do, like having principal level or, you know, sourcing architect, whatever you wanna call it, or even uh, like talent acquisition project management, that could be a role in and of itself, because think of how many projects your department has to do in order to get to where they want to be process wise, Um, you know, implementing and, uh, you know, putting together new workflows. That, that That is a skill in and of itself. But when it comes to managing people, I don't know that that's a compatible skill for every single sourcer and recruiter out there. So it's kind of like a lot of people seem to get stuck in their career once they've reached a certain level of capability with sorcering and, and recruiting. So, you know, definitely want to open up the conversation to the greater community about that to, you know, see what's possible. It's It's something that, you know, Runs around in my head
0: all the time. <laughs> Let me interject, Aaron, if you don't mind, because I yeah. really like the fact that you threw in like almost like architect project management. Because a lot of times sourcing is project based. Hey, company is having struggles right now with this certain area. Let's let's target that and let's go after that talent. You know, how are you going to execute on something similar to that? Or creating talent pools, things like that, new skill sets. Back in the day, I used to have to go after like compiler engineers. No one hears about that anymore um but you had to get unique in order to build that sort of addressable market and, and and being able to know what those tools are and having the opportunity to research and share with others doesn't necessarily mean management um it's educating the other ics on how to better themselves and, and doing their craft
1: you know i really enjoy the the openness here because admitting that you're not managed you don't want to manage people is often hard because you think, oh, management's the next level, but there really is, like you said, akin to engineers leveling within sourcing and recruiting, and it might be initially you are doing those fungible pipelining searches where you're just looking for an initial profile as a sourcer, and that might be level one, right? You're just looking across the board for one particular profile. You're not aligned to specific recs. And then level two would be more you're aligned to sourcing on RECs. You are looking at different profiles specific for Rex. And then a level up from that, like you said, Landon and Aaron, would be the aligned to different projects, groups, and communications across different um, you know technical groups and across different technologies and different hiring managers. So the more you can manage those, that actually shows a level of that ability to organize your projects. And that makes you a higher level, more um, valuable sourcer and recruiter. Cause I mean, we're managing massive amounts of data and processes, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the real challenge. Absolutely. And problem solving too. Like, you know, true sourcers are great at troubleshooting. You know, like if we can't figure out how to grab a list from a certain platform, we're like okay i'll try this scraper i'll try that one okay looks like i have to build something to automate this you know it's 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 really cool to be able to problem solve and i think that that's another aspect that often gets overlooked about the value of sourcers within ta departments absolutely
1: great great stuff and i like all the comments within the um chat yeah it's really important to the share this that barbara says and she wants to thank us for sharing the different options to consider and uh, somebody commented on your shoe collection there, Landon. Oh <laughs> I just no! That.
0: Should I interject and give a little update on how I got to this point with the sneakers? I
1: think it, it, it might cool. be necessary.
0: Pretty cool. Um, about 17, 18 years ago, I was running front end at Yahoo with someone named Teddy um, Pinkston. I don't know where she is today. She's one of the first recruiters ever at Yahoo awesome person. And we would actually create addressable markets and go to all the different platforms and communities that we had at Yahoo. We would go get coffee at Starbucks every day. And I walked into a Starbucks and there was a kid with a Mohawk like up to here. I thought it was the coolest thing. And so I walked up to him and he's looked at my Yahoo badge and says, you would never hire someone like me. I said, it's not about how you look. It's about what you use up here. I go, but call me if you want to change your life. And he did. And so if you fast forward without saying any names, this person is extremely influential at Nike headquarters now. Um, in fact, higher than where I've gotten to in my career. Um, And it just goes to show that you should treat others how you want to be treated. And this has sort of evolved into even more um, because of my background and my history with injuries. I have been at Stanford quite a bit. So Stanford Ronald McDonald House is where they have terminal kids. And so I actually go up once a quarter and, and meet with kids that are terminal, find out sneakers that they love, and I buy them and bring them to them. And sometimes companies will support me, but a lot of times I just buy them. So...
1: Well, that's a, that is a story that's got some depth to it. Thank you very much for sharing that. And Amber, even you know, echoes that it is beautiful. Yeah, thank you.
0: It's Are you wearing word.
1: Nikes now?
0: Oh, no. Um, this is not <laughs> of. I'm wearing comfort, you know, this is <laughs> this oh, sounds, nice. called me out. Yep.
1: And so. I think, you know, obviously, Erin's got her uh cat in the background, her sweet little kid. It's
2: actually like, a dog, but he that's
1: what somebody <laughs> yeah. said. It's a dog, but yeah. he acts like a cat. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive into it. I mean, we're here to share some sourcing. So I want everybody to buckle in. You're watching Dueling Sorcerers. If you want to know about the other shows or past shows, go to techrecruit.io. You can look at previous stuff um, as well as see our upcoming shows, but I'm going to hand it off to this crew. What do we got?
2: Awesome. All right. I'm going to start by sharing my screen. Um, so everyone let me know once you can see it. Yes. No. Yes. Okay, awesome. So we are gonna talk about sourcing developers within the FinTech space, and that can really mean a lot of things. So what do developers do within FinTech? Um, so they can do any number of things. Uh, one of the major uh, tasks of software engineers within FinTech is building and updating applications for either the banking or payment industries. So uh, Landon and I, we work for PayPal. So obviously we're always building out a lot of applications internally and externally, um, specifically for payments. And um, we also own Venmo. So um, you know, if you didn't know that before, you do now. Um, so chances are you've used some of our products before. Um, mobile payment solutions. Uh, you might, you know, if you're sourcing in the fintech space, you might be looking for mobile developers. Um, that's a very niche area. Um, typically, they'll be working with development languages like Swift, um, but, you know, it's a, we'll, we'll show you a couple of cool places to find those mobile developers as well, whether they're Android or iOS. Uh, Cybersecurity. I know Landon's going to have a lot to say about this. Um, He used to work quite a lot in security engineering as well. Uh, Obviously, you have to make sure that all of your applications are secure when you work in fintech, so cybersecurity is a big part of engineering. Um, And then, of course, blockchain and smart contracts. Um, PayPal is, in fact, getting into the blockchain space. Um, it's not always related to crypto either, when it comes to finding blockchain developers, no matter what company you're with. Um, I'm continuing to do more and more research into this area, and it's really fascinating the applications uh, for blockchain outside of cryptocurrency. So regardless of whether this whole crypto winter is ever going to end, you know that's anybody's guess, but um, I truly believe that blockchain is very much here to stay when it comes to uh, technology. Um, Um, So we'll go a little bit further into that, but um, fintech companies, when you're searching for engineers, uh, you know, you can definitely index different companies. There's just a few listed here. Um, So like Stripe, Klarna, Chime, Amex, PayPal, that's us, Uh, Cash App, um, Fiserv, any of those, um, you know, just to kind of get you into the headspace of this is where we're sourcing. Uh, what is the common tech stack for fintech? You'll see a lot of developers that code in C-sharp, Java, Python, SQL, JavaScript. And if you are specifically working in blockchain, you'll want to know about some of the newer languages that have come out. Um, There's Viper, Solidity, and Simplicity. Um, Fun fact, Viper is actually derived from Python um, and it's specifically used in blockchain. Um, And then Solidity, that is specifically a language that was developed to work on smart contract platforms like Ethereum. Uh, So more on that to come. Uh, All right. Like I said, it would not be an Aaron Matthew webinar if I didn't show you um, how to source on Reddit, right? Um, So I'm just going to take you through a couple of communities that uh, you can find developers. So we'll start with those mobile developers that we were uh, referencing before. I always tell everybody, if you're going to source on Reddit, be a sourcer first, be a, I know, I'm saying, yeah, a Redditor first and a sourcer second. So um, this is a a community that can be very kind of touch and go. Um, You wanna make sure that you're giving more than you're taking from the communities and that you're respecting the rules of every community as well. Now, at first glance, this might just look like, you know, a developer community—not a place really for recruiters to be interacting, right? The first thing that I always look for when I find any new community is, do they have a mega thread for hiring? And they, it turns out that they do. Um, This looks like it's a little bit smaller of a community. You know, there's 230, uh, 200 and 300,000 members. Um, It may seem like a lot, but I've seen some developer communities with over a million. Um, But it looks like uh, for this weekly hiring thread, there isn't a whole lot of activity, which means that if you're looking for mobile developers, your ads can really stand out in a place like this, because there isn't a whole lot of competition from other companies out there. Um, So I definitely encourage you to take a look. This is the Android dev uh, subreddit. Um, Let's see, there is one for iOS. Um, Again, I always encourage you read all of the rules before you post anywhere. Um, Obviously, it says no excessive self promotion. um, But I do believe, yes, this, yes, this uh, subreddit does have um, an open source help wanted that you can post monthly on as well. Uh, Let's see. Okay, so this is a community for Solidity. That was the programming language I talked about that is specifically related to uh, coding smart contracts for the Ethereum blockchain. Um, So it looks like this community is not very heavily moderated at all. It's still a little bit smaller. So They don't have any rules listed, which means technically we can post jobs on here if we really want to. And um, actually, if you look right here, someone is posting jobs looking for a JavaScript developer. Um, So definitely uh, should check that out. Um, This next community is where I kind of went down the rabbit hole earlier today. Um, So this is specifically a platform for uh, developers within the cryptocurrency space. Um, it's specifically for discussion about development. It's not speculative posts about which cryptocurrency coins you should buy. Which it's important to make that distinction on Reddit because they're two very different communities of people, and we specifically want developers, right? Um, so I read their uh, mega thread for anybody that's new to the community, and it turns out this subreddit has a Discord channel. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever sourced on Discord before, but um, it's still very much an untapped resource, I think, within the sourcing community. And I really was not that surprised that there's a Discord community associated with the subreddit because um, there's actually quite a bit of overlap between the gaming community and the blockchain community because there are starting to be more applications for blockchain within gaming. So let's take a a little bit of a look at what this community is like. Um, Oh, cool, it looks like they were having a merge viewing party for the Ethereum mainnet. Um, But let's scroll up here to the announcements here. Um, It looks like um, they actually have a section that they just added where recruiters are allowed to post jobs. Um, So that's kind of cool that um, we actually have that here. Um, but what I like to do is going into the um, individual profiles to see if there's any information about the users that we can find outside of Discord. Because in places like Reddit or Discord, where people are just going to you know, have fun and learn more about their craft, I try to leave them alone on those platforms, if at all possible. Um, but if, as you can see right here, they have all of the users separated out by uh, discipline. So there's some people that are in marketing or PR within crypto or um, in management, but uh, we've got 303 developers that are online right now. Um, Let's see what's going on with this person here. Um, So we've got a profile. It looks like he works in Solidity and Web3, exactly what we're looking for. And uh, let's see, is there anything else about them in their profile that we can find? Let's see. Aha, we've got a GitHub profile. Got to. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So um, this person, um, obviously his name is probably Justin W. Um, So how do we go about contacting them? Um, I'm sure that this is a method that is shown over and over and over again in the sourcing community. I'm going to show it again anyways, in case anyone hasn't seen it before. Um, But this is how you find a personal email from someone that has a GitHub profiles we are going to look into repositories. Um, We're going to go to one of them. And then we're going to take a look at their work. Okay, thankfully, he does have a commit. He has one of them. It's all we need. We're going to go to commits. We're going to go into the actual commit with this little numerical sequence here. And then we're going to go all the way to the end of the URL within the commit. And then we're going to hit dot patch. So essentially, we are going to look behind the source code of the page. And there we go. We've got his personal email right here. So, anyways, um, highly encourage you to check out the Discord communities. But once again, be respectful of that space. You know, people don't go to those communities necessarily to be recruited by sorcerers and recruiters, um, but definitely check it out. So, I am going to stop sharing and turn it over to Landon for his next example.
0: Awesome. Trying to expand this thing here. Um, fantastic. And I should be able to share this because I worked at Zoom. So, uh, this should not be an issue whatsoever. Um, show all windows here. Do you mind pulling it up right now, Aaron? We had talked about earlier on the um, the search that you wanted to talk about. Um, just to get this going while I figure this out right here. Um, yeah, let me
2: grab that link really. The PDF,
0: PDF search, PDF
2: search engine. Yeah, yeah, pull it up really quick and then I'll find it. I'll let you talk through that.
0: Here we go, I got it.
2: Oh, you got it. OK, great. It.
0: Here we go. So this was a really cool tool that, um, you know, when Aaron and I were talking about how we were going to approach this and, and she brought up this really cool uh, sort of like a resume aggregator. It allows you to search. For documents on all different browsers and all different um, cloud storage areas wherever it is that you're going based on the different type of search whether it's a pdf search doc search uh, txt search if you're in security this is really important um, security engineers do not like to put anything other than on a text search because it's very hard to find Um, So this is really cool. If you wanted to take an opportunity to go in and type in things like numerical optimization, as I mentioned earlier, very small addressable market. I wanna find people that have PDF searches. Why is PDF important? Um, When you do like academic searches, most folks when they do their papers do end up on a PDF. So this will actually aggregate that data and allow you to find what's important to you, which is either white papers, um, documents that allow you to see what they're studying, and really will lead you on that wild goose chase down to their resume at some point, or at least the contact information where you can get them on a call and start discussing it. From a FinTech- And Landon, of- you
2: can actually search by resumes. If you see where you've see where you got numerical optimization typed in. Yeah. Uh, type in resume or CV in parentheses. In parentheses. Yep. Oh, not
0: parentheses.
2: I, no, parentheses, not quotations.
0: Oh, so oh, you, I'm sorry, you meant this. Yeah. Sorry, okay.
2: So do you resume or CV in parentheses? You're using quotations again.
0: Yeah, sorry, Aaron. Um, let's just move on from this. I just wanted to use this as a great tool that allows you to um, search on the attachments and what they're attached as. Um, and this will allow you to search a, a lot of different search engines to come up with the data you're looking for. And I also want to be very clear. It's not just looking for resumes, right? A lot of us get go down um, that rabbit hole of just trying to find resumes. When you get into like user groups, things like that, that allow you to have like attendee lists, things like that, that's the Yahtzee moment where you actually can cross-reference over to many other tools like LinkedIn and, and start identifying people and obviously search for their emails and get through them from there. I'll turn yep. it back to you Aaron what's your next one and if you want to jump yeah. into this a little bit more because I know you had a lot of passion on this one. Um, yeah I'm sorry I didn't understand that what you were asking me.
2: yeah um so I actually just put the link to it in the chat so i'll go ahead and share my screen, please, do. and show you again um here we go. All right, can you all see it again we can. Okay. So, so what I was trying to say was in parentheses, we do resume or CV, right? And someone asked why use parentheses? Um, Because it's grouping two of those like terms together that we want the search to bring back, right? Um, So let's say that I wanted to find software engineers in FinTech. So I would put software engineer in quotation marks and the reason that I put that phrase into quotation marks is because if I leave them separate, it's going to search software and engineer separately within the search. And then finally, I want FinTech included in this because we're essentially searching in the FinTech space, right? Yeah.
0: so the quotation so means, means it, has it has to say it, right? The it whole, the whole sentence.
2: Yeah, yep. so let's see, we've got Joel, uh, looks like, the, oh, my X extension is going off here. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> uh, so we'll open that in a new tab, see what else we can find. This definitely looks like a CV of someone else. Uh, this person's got FinTech in their resume as well. Um, let's see, freelance consulting development, awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Look at this. He's got pretty much every way possible that we could get in touch with him. So he's got his GitHub. He's got his Stack Overflow. He's got references.
0: He knows how search algorithms work.
2: He sure. Really? He certainly does. He yeah. certainly does. Uh, let's see. Oh, he's worked for Kayak before. Very you know,
0: Aaron, someone asked if there's a location you can add on this to mm-hmm. sort of minimize it.
2: Absolutely. We can always add a... Uh, we can always add on a location. So let's do software engineer fintech. Uh, let's see if anything comes up in Atlanta.
0: And, and David, fintech. your question on what Boolean string, these are basic Booleans. Um, you, you can pretty much find any cheat sheet out there on Boolean strings for search. And this is possibly the most basic one. Um, there's a lot of other ones out there that are extremely more complex, and which Aaron has sent me quite a few times. Um, And they give you a chance, and we'll be going on that a little bit later where you can add and and take out certain keywords, like when you have companies that you want to search, you can have a certain list of companies, but then take out those names and put new ones in, fintech companies, or you can do hardware companies or something like that. Go on there. Yeah,
2: definitely. And and Landon's going to talk a little bit about natural language queries as well, which is one of my favorite types of Boolean and God, I'm a nerd. I've got a favorite type of Boolean. Anyways, um, <laughs> so um, by adding a location to this search, we were able to find FinTech software engineers in Atlanta. And it came back with 259 results, which I think is pretty cool. And those are all PDF results. Um, so right here, um, he's in Atlanta. He's got his GitHub that we can uh, take a look at. We can send an email to his personal email. So very cool tool. Um, And what's really neat about this uh, document search engine is it eliminates the need for, you know, constructing a Boolean search for PDF files, which you can do, but it can get kind of tedious. And this allows you to search for multiple file types at once as well. So um, all right, I'm going to move on to the next tool that I have. Um, I've shown this um, a couple of times before, but I really love it um, because it's just another way to search outside of LinkedIn on different social platforms. Um, So this allows you to search for keywords within bios of people's Twitter accounts, right? Um, So let's say that I want to find a software engineer in blockchain on Twitter, right? So we'll do software engineer and then just blockchain. And then it even gives you more options to narrow it down so I'm gonna narrow it down by San Francisco, right? Let's see what it comes up with.
0: There, yeah, this is called followerwonk.com.
2: Followerwonk, yes, very good tool. Um, so it looks like we got 21 results. Very cool. So. Um, What I really love about Follower Wonk as well is it's compatible with Instant Data Scraper, which is one of my favorite Chrome extensions. Um, So I've got this right on my browser here. It is a free Chrome extension. You can get it in the Chrome store. Um, It's probably one of the best data scrapers out there and probably one of the most easy to use as well. So all I'm going to do is click this. It looks like a little Ball because, you know, it's like got to catch them all, got to catch all the candidates, right? Um, And then it immediately formats this into uh, what can be exported to a spreadsheet. Um, So I've got their uh, Twitter handle. I've got their first and last name. Um, Can't scroll over, but you would be able to see it once we export it. Um, So then you download it to a CSV. It's critical. Yes. (laughs) And then um, essentially if you're lucky enough to have, you know, something like a paid tool like HireEasy, I would take this and upload it into there. And um, it actually has the capability to take a Twitter URL and enrich any other data that it has on that person. So if the same person um, has like a LinkedIn account, it will populate that for you within the platform. So very cool tool. It's not a free tool, but I do like to mention that if you have that, uh, you know, definitely take advantage of that feature. Uh, all right, so I will turn it back over to Landon. Awesome. For the next example. Um, I guess any questions before we move on? I, I can't see the chat when I'm sharing, so I want to make sure I didn't miss anything.
0: I don't think so, Stacy's been helping out quite a bit. Um, the The Chrome extension you use for follower wonk, Thanks, Dave Mar. Appreciate you. Um, And then what is the scraper called that you had talked about? It's
2: called Instant Data Scraper. And I'll go ahead and find that in the Chrome store and put the link in the chat. Um, I pretty much use that tool every single day for a variety of reasons. Um, And when we come back to me for my next example, I'm going to use it again. So uh, we'll definitely get a lot of web scraping done. Um, And David says Data Miner is another good one. It is a very good one as well. I never got the hang of uh, data miner as much as I did instant data scraper because you got to like build recipes and stuff like that I I know I need to work on that. um, But uh, Greg Hawks is really great at data data miner he knows how to build every recipe on the planet for that.
0: Only so many cycles in a day.
2: (laughs) Question for me, Erin, I use Instant Data Scraper. I love
1: Instant Data Scraper. I also am in the same, I never quite could get the data miner recipes. It was just like, it's so easy to use the Instant Data Scraper. Do you use, are there different versions? Because I ran into a problem where it was only like scraping like
2: part of my list.
1: Or do I I just need to do that? Well,
2: yes, I, can actually, I know how to fix that. Let me show you really quick. Uh, let me find a bigger list that has multiple pages. Is that the issue that it wasn't uh, scraping multiple pages? Yeah, it wasn't doing the infinite okay. scroll, right? Yeah. I'll show you how right now. Um. So I'm yeah. going to go- Let's do this back. too,
0: Erin, because I know we can get a little sidetracked here, but you know, when it comes to like natural language um, processing and things like that, I am going to share with the group my documents. So no matter how long we get winded, you're going to get it. All right, we'll come back
1: yeah
2: okay
0: whatever Stacy allows us to share I should say
2: <laughs> you must field all of my questions <laughs> yeah okay okay so you want me to show that example later
0: no no I want you to go for it right now because this is a real oh, okay. topic
2: this is <laughs> what the people are use. asking for all right all right so um, so I, I changed the search here um, so that I would get 1800 results and it would have more than one page, right? Yeah. Um, so Stacy, when you've got Instant Data Scraper, you're going to pull it up, right? Um, That's the Pokemon ball in the in the Chrome yeah. for everybody. Yeah, so, um, oh, it looks like it already has this feature because I've scraped this website before. But normally what you'll see right here is um, instead of infinite scroll, you'll see a button that says find next button. It won't Uh say start crawling, but it'll say find next button. You'll click that and then you'll go out of the browser and then you'll scroll down and you'll select the next button, right? Okay. um, Yeah, and then you're essentially telling the scraper, this is what you push to get to the next page. So now when I say start crawling, um, here we go.
1: Okay, so you have to demo going to the next page, and then it'll record that action and do it for you.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I ran into okay. the same thing. Um, but now that I now that it knows what the next button is, it can continue to keep crawling. So. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. I actually what? had to. I had to go to YouTube to find that out. Actually, so. <laughs> <laughs> I use YouTube all the time.
0: Erin, you mentioned yeah. HireEasy too, you know, as far as getting email. Can you just go over that real quick and what that is?
2: Yeah. So um, with HireEasy, essentially, if you have a list of people in a CSV that have other social profiles besides LinkedIn, um, it covers at least like half a dozen social profiles. Like It covers Twitter, GitHub, Stack Overflow, and Behance that I know of. Um, so if you've got a spreadsheet with URLs to those people's profiles, you can enrich any other data that they can find about them. Uh, and sometimes it even has personal emails. So it's it's kind of really cool because if you find a list with only partial information, you can enrich that with HireEasy in the import tab. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. So, all right, back to you, Landon. Yep. I, you're going to cover natural language search with us?
0: I am. Yep. In fact, I'm going to share the document that I created earlier today. Um, if oh, anyone, yes. um, according going to, to Stacy, share this with us later. <laughs> right? If, uh, if Stacy gives me the okay, I will share this afterwards. Um, this is a natural language search. And, and basically deep natural language understanding enhances your search. Um, it provides a different way of going after data. Like data is always changing. So when you have search results that were good three months ago, As you know, Google, all the search engines are constantly changing the way that they research and do search. A lot of it is search engine optimization that influences those things, sort of. Um, But what we're talking about today is natural language search with regards to recruitment. And a lot of the problems we're trying to solve is recruiters spend sixty percent of their time reading CVs. So imagine what that is. If you go through CVs and you go through three hundred, it's going to take you uh, probably an entire one or two days to get down to the top ten. What if you could? move that down to like five minutes it's pretty impressive right especially if you're trying to utilize time effectively so it's a computer technology device to make human language understandable for a machine so as you're looking at um someone's resume you want to start thinking as the as the natural language processor and how it thinks not how we think aaron and i talked about this a little earlier too a lot of times we, we look at someone's title and we type it in and we don't get anything back but that's not how they're thinking and that's not the words that they're searching on. So it's a it's yeah. an evil it's not what evolution. they're talking
2: about either. You know, like think about how many, how many, you know, software engineers out there are bloggers too. They're not, you know, just putting their title right in their blog. They're saying things like, I build user interfaces, things yep. like that, searching how people actually talk, and that gets you out of the headspace of looking for the traditional places where candidates hide too, right?
0: Yep, yep. I mean, NLP will hit. The really the crazy algorithms that are out there, um, allowing you to break down those walls and find those people that are using those unique terms, right? That are using different types of sentences. So again, uh, Google results are constantly changing. Um, the most successful NLP methods uh, use machine learning um, on the back end, which improves performance over time. Um, AI is something that learns. It's not like an AI is where you plug it in and all of a sudden it knows everything. AI is an evolution, it's almost like a human as we learn every day, so does AI. And we learn how to do things better and more proficient. Um, and the more that you invest into it, the better off. I won't say the name of the ATS we have, right? we're using right now, because I'm not sure if I'm supposed to promote it, but we have an AI engine in it. Um, and the more my team uses it, the better their results are going to be making their jobs that much easier, right? So it takes a little bit of work. Um, there are several application areas for NLP processing in recruitment. And um, the role of NLP recruitment is about freeing time for meaningful, meaningful human to human interactions. And it revolves around streamlining processes, revealing valuable insights, and engaging participants. Aaron, you mentioned like the rabbit hole. Um, yep. You know, a lot of times you go into sourcing and you go down that rabbit hole and you spend two hours where you could have interacted with your teammates, collaborate on ideas, and, and utilize that time more effectively. Um,
2: I think it's more fun to go down the rabbit hole, but uh,
0: you know, to each their own, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, it helps you get things to what you're looking for a lot quicker. Here's some examples that I have on here for NLP models that you can go through. There's Facebooks, there's Googles, there's Microsoft. Again, I will share this and you can play with it yourself, Um, but I highly recommend getting on the wagon on this because this is where the evolution is going to. And if you're not sure on you know, search engine optimization technologies and how they work and, and whatnot, um, you might get left behind. Um, that's why I'm actually here today because I'm in leadership now and I don't get to touch as much anymore. And Aaron has been really awesome in helping me get back into this stuff and I appreciate it. Um, I just want to share and share more as I learn. It's awesome. So Aaron, I'll go back to you. Um, I have a few actually you know, NLP examples here that allow you to do searches. They'll be on here All you have to do on here is change the name of the companies to get a different industry or a different um, company target. You can also go after... Why don't you
2: show us that one, Landon? So the one that says, I am a software engineer at, and then you've got all those fintech companies there?
0: Yep. Yeah, why don't put that into
2: a search engine? I want to see what comes up.
0: It's a great idea. Okay.
2: And I think you got to share a different screen if you're... There we go.
0: I'm getting the hang of it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> getting the hang of it. Yeah. We we work on teams at uh, at PayPal, so we're getting reacquainted back to Zoom.
0: <laughs> and then here we go.
2: Oh, you no, you gotta put that in the Google's. There we go. Perfect. Um, okay.
0: Wish you could see it. So, so Aaron, talk to it.
2: Yeah. So so there we go. do you see how it's highlighting the natural language query that you put in there? I am a software engineer at and then it plugs in any number of those fintech companies that you listed in the Boolean string.
0: I would be interesting to ask our audience, like, who has actually written "I am a software engineer," in quotes. Yeah.
2: Before. Um, yeah.
0: So you wouldn't think of that unless you've been part of this and watched the evolution on on how to search. It's not just yeah. how the search is changing, but how to search is changing as well.
2: Right? Yeah. And sc- yeah, scroll down. Um, look at this. So it says uh, Anita Guard, speakers, Women in Tech Network. Look at this, we, we could discover a whole other organization that we can source from, especially for uh, diverse and, and inclusive candidates. There we go.
0: What we could get from that, Erin, is what we talked about a little earlier. Is so there's going to be, yeah. she's been a featured speaker at many, and I'm sure um, opportunities with um, attendee lists, um, mm-hmm. which you can cross reference with HireEasy and LinkedIn. Um, uh-huh. Again, it, this, these are the rabbit hole terminology is something that I love to use because it, it can go with anything when it comes to sourcing. It doesn't
1: matter.
2: Yeah, Jung, I'm looking at your search strings in the chat here for YouTube. I seriously love sourcing on YouTube. I, yeah, that's, you're giving me some ideas here right now. There's so many YouTubers that are, you know, on there teaching other people how to code. So it's like, it's a very rich talent pool right there. Absolutely. Um, Oh, we're getting Quora results. The next page. Yeah.
0: Um, I'll even throw out there, I've done videos on YouTube already. Yeah, Um, yeah, I've done YouTube videos before um, and they're out there still, if you want, on (laughs) on how to interview for like a Fang companies and things like that. But I'm noticing I used to get a lot of hits in the beginning until I went back and started looking at it. And you have to update everything because search is changing. It's a constant flow of change. So just make sure that you're on top of it right here. You've got into it right FinTech payment platforms, angel list software. And that'll put you into another user group as well. So there's quite a few things you can do here. Um, it's just another avenue to finding talent. So Aaron, awesome. back to you.
2: Cool, cool. All right, I'll take control of the screen again. All right. Um, so um, another really cool way that um, I've been sourcing talent is layoff lists, right? Um, We're seeing a lot of layoffs happening within the tech sector. And um, typically the first place that I look anytime, um, you know, if if I think that maybe um, they're going to put one out from a certain company, like a a lot of times after there's mass layoffs in a company, groups of people will get together and have employees opt in to have their information shared on a platform like this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The cool thing about this platform is you can separate it out by industry. Um, And I would say in fintech, we can really look in two different places here. We can either look under crypto or we can look under finance. Um, There were a massive amount of crypto layoffs this year. You know, there were a lot of companies that expanded like crazy in 2021 only for the economy. I mean, only for the industry to take a dive. And, you know, we've seen places like Gemini, crypto.com or Coinbase lay off a lot of their employees. Um, but essentially you're getting a lot of lists of some great people that might be relevant to your industry. So I definitely encourage you to check this out. Um, let's see what we can find here. I mean, I wanna show you some you know, examples of how you can actually go through these lists. Um, so this one, yeah, this was with the company Blend. Um, so now most of the layoff lists that I'll see are nice little Google Docs, um, but sometimes you'll get one that's formatted a little bit weird like this. Um, I would say typically instant Data scraper is the one that you want to use for anything that looks weird because um, once again, like uh, yeah, you get their first name, you get their, uh, you get their job title here. and if we scroll all the way to the end, we're going to get their LinkedIn URL as well. Um, And another feature that I really like about Instant Data Scraper is before exporting to a CSV, you can uh, X out any of the information you don't want included on the CSV. So you can clean it up really nice before you actually export it. Um, But let's take a look at another example. Um, Like here is the Bolt layoff list. They had some layoffs uh, a couple of months ago in the financial sector. Usually when I see a list like this, sure, I could copy and paste it, um, you know, into another document, Um, but another uh, data capture tool that I really like is called Table Capture, um, another free Chrome extension. Um, So essentially, anytime that you've got a list like this, it's going to format it into the HTML view, and then gives you the option to export it into a CSV. And it's wrapped up all nice tidy it's awesome there we go that's powerful so all right
0: i have one more too
2: you got one more okay i, do.
0: I know we're running out of time um, um but there is one that i'm probably the most passionate about because um you know back in the day when i was sourcing um i did quite a few like stanford startups with professor tom lee that was just back in the days when I was into the hardware and building out PLLs, DAX, ADCs, very specific blocks within the chip. How do you find people that create very specific blocks? That was always the big problem that I had. Um, and then I came across you know, on Google one day and I was looking at their, their other options that they had and they were talking about academic search engines. Um, I don't know if anyone here has looked at the academic search engine on Google. It's not there right now. I'm hoping it'll come back. But I just haven't used it in a year but it allowed me to start working at some of these startups that I work at that were funded by academics like Stanford and Berkeley. And this allows you to originate your search through the academic servers first, then get to the organic results. So for example, if you ever saw the movie Social Network, remember there was that time that they talked about the Harvard email, like how how arrogant they were about it. Like everyone, the most famous email in the world is harvard.edu, same exact thing here. Um, You know, you want to be able to get to those people and how can you? So we came up with this really cool idea with Professor Tom Lee, and you can look him up at Stanford. He's still there. Awesome professor on the hardware side. Um, He said, Landon, why don't you start looking up classes? I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, if someone's passed my class, the EE323, and they've gotten a B or higher, I would like to hire them. I'm like, wow, the lights went off. Like You just gave me a little bit of a foundation to work off of. And that's how the academic searching engines came up. I'm not gonna pull them up right now because once I saw that Google's wasn't there, I didn't have a chance or I didn't have time no. to go through and find all the other ones, but there are quite a few. Um, and of course, if Stacy allows, I will send those out for you as well. There's one for um, you know, for Microsoft, they have their own. You can even go to like AltaVista still has that on there as well, some academic searches with Babelfish on their stuff. Um,
2: God, you're taking me back, all these old search engines.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: light light coast. Coast.
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which was the easiest to hack on the back end. Anyways, we won't go there. But yeah, the academic search, if you take nothing away from me, what I told you today is start working on the academic search and classes that people have taken. Everyone, especially if you're an academic and you're really into um, moving that along, getting multiple degrees and making sure people know what you know about Um you usually will put something out there with regards to white paper or store it on a server somewhere. And typically those are academic servers. Um, so I I almost got to a point where I got kicked out of the Stanford servers because I was in there all single, every single day looking at the hardware group for PLO DACs and ADC people that knew how to build those specific blocks. And to be honest, we had some really good success doing that. That's why I'm sharing it with you today.
2: Deep web stuff right there. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. And when you get someone on the phone too and you ask, how did you find me? And you tell them, well, didn't you take the EE323? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they just freak out. It's just one of those really cool things. It's a wow moment between you and the candidate, which builds the relationship, which helps you with the close at the end. I'm putting my leadership hat on too much right now. But again, it's all the little details from A all the way to Z that matter.
1: I mean, it's all about building the relationships, right? I mean, that's that's key. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff here. I want to bring it all together because we talked about a lot of tools. I mean, how do you streamline these tools together? So I want to dive into this really quick. I'm going to give you each maybe a couple minutes to talk about your process. So you're given an engineering rec, software engineer. Um, How do you, we talked about a lot of these tools and the sites that you can go scrape at. Erin, give me the first three places you'll go for finding uh to begin your process uh
2: so first of all i would take the actual job description that we have and i would run it through the glossary tech chrome extension another free tool um mostly because tech is so segmented and so expansive with different technologies, it's hard to know and fully understand all of it. So I have found that I source a whole lot better when I understand the technology, and that's why I'm doing so much research into blockchain so that I can actually understand what I'm talking about when I talk to the to the, um, to the engineers. And then from there, once I understand what the technology is, that's when I try to figure out the places that these people hide, whether it's Reddit, whether it's GitHub, whether it's Stack Overflow. Because in the tech sector, it just seems like a discipline where most people aren't going to be on any major platforms. Uh, Obviously, I'm sure a lot of them will have a LinkedIn, but that's not where they're spending their time. You know, they they may have a LinkedIn profile just to have one to make sure that they're indexed on the web, but they're spending their time collaborating with other people on Discord, on, uh, you know, a lot of these niche communities where, you know, think about it. The sourcing community. I'm not hanging out on LinkedIn for fun. I'm hanging out to learn, you know, learn more things about sourcing, right? I flock to the, you know, communities within sourcing, you know, like conferences and other Facebook groups that talk about this stuff. It's no different in the technology area. Um, so really, that's that's kind of where I, I I start my search. i I learn a little bit more about the technologies and I let it lead me to the places where people go to to get better at those technologies.
0: Aaron, I want to add in there too, uh, because I really love how you you do that. You always take time to learn the tech because if you're if you're putting yourself into a community that sort of like doesn't really want to hear from recruiters and stuff, but if you can talk the talk, you are way more accepted and trusted. Um, they just don't want to deal with fifteen people. So if you know what you're talking about and they get that feeling, they're going to work. Want to work with you? Um, and
2: that's why I write subject lines in code. All right. So we 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 went to glossary. We
1: understand the technology. We figure out where they're hiding the Discord, the GitHub. You bring out your instant data scraper, Pokemon ball. You scrape the data. You have a CSV file and you're looking at it and you're analyzing, getting rid of the garbage, right, cleaning up your data, and you have some fields that are missing, some that are maybe you got some email addresses. What do you do then with that CSV file? Where do you enrich the data with another tool? Uh, Yeah,
2: typically I'll enrich it with HireEasy if it's possible, Um, and then, you know, To be be perfectly honest with you, if I've got you know some lines of data that are incomplete, I don't even bother with it. I you know, I if I'm really you know if I'm really hard pressed for candidates, then sure I'll go back individually with other little methods to find their contact information. But when I'm in a pinch and it's a high volume request, I I I use what I can find right away and I you know craft my messages and um, you know I set up an email sequence in order to engage with those candidates with multiple okay. touch points. You and know. on the email
1: sequence, OK, so we, we um, scraped our data. We popped in it in easy. We're enriching it. What do you use for the email campaign? Is it easy? Do you use something else? Um, I either use easy or uh, within eightfold. OK, OK. Is there a preference? I How are those different? Well, I know one's like a sourcing tool, yeah. one's a CRM, but. <laughs>
0: I can answer that as a manager, right? That helps me measure their metrics.
1: <laughs> so, as long as it gets okay.
0: to eightfold, right? If you use easy, um, higher easy, as long as it gets into eightfold, so it shows the action, that, that's what your, your leaders are looking for. But the results are different, what Aaron's looking for. So, go ahead, Aaron.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh- so- I'm that's just going to opt out of ans- answering it because I'll get in trouble. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got strong okay. opinions that probably aren't conducive to the conversation, but <laughs> that's all right. I mean, to- I think that's perfect. It's from
1: understanding with glossary attack. It's um, w- looking at Discord, GitHub, all the sites where you can scrape where people are hiding using the instant data scraper and then enriching that data with CRM such as HireEasy, Eightfold. or I'm not... Sp- sponsored by any of these but you you're a company that utilizes them that's why this is so important so that that's fantastic and then you know from there you have you know do you use a scheduling app do you i don't are you okay with do you have a schedule calendar or something we, like we that? we don't have okay,
0: one mm-hmm. yeah i mean we use eightfold right now for our for, and we have our coordination but we used to have a tool when i was at zoom that allowed you to schedule with candidates not just coordinators owning it um yeah but yeah, you know, we have a, I think it's just, we, we schedule through the ATS, basically.
1: Okay. Really cool. Workday. Workday.
0: Yeah. you can't get away from it. Yeah. Eightfold <laughs> a- sits on top of Workday, right? Like my old boss yeah, at Sporn was great. the VP of Talent at Workday. And when I mentioned it to him, my mentor goes, you know, Landon, at Workday, we don't even use Workday as an ATS. <laughs> He's job fight on top of Workday. So.
1: Oh, interesting. It's interesting.
0: Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So
1: Landon, I guess same, same question. I mean, I know I don't know if the process is similar to you. Have a rec, you have a position, like would the process be similar for you? How do you approach your process?
0: So I'm gonna go back to when I still was carrying recs, right, and um, I would typically get something on the security side of like, hey, Landon, we need a, um, a new software in, in security event management engineer. That's someone that can actually build an analytics platform for security. So if you can build a sim, um, if they wanted an architect, there's maybe 30 or 40 people in the world that could do that, right? So I would probably talk to my leaders about who do you know, who do you know, who do you know, and start going down that rabbit hole of who you know. Um, but also understanding the technology of what a SIM is and how a SOC automation platform integrates with it that gives you an opportunity to use the open source playbooks to solve whatever anomalies come in. If you learn that tech and you can have those conversations, you can win them over, right? If you don't have that, they're getting hit up by 30 people. Yeah. And they're not. Awesome taking those calls. So <laughs> I use a lot of, um, you know, I come from the old days of Cisco back in the days when we were upwards of over 60% of all of our hires were ERP referral mm-hmm. program. Um, yeah. Pretty powerful. Right? So when you get into very niched recruitment, which is why I love security, everything was a purple squirrel, right? You had to really rely on who, you know, how you knew them and why are they good? Um, and you had to have those hallway discussions by the water cooler or you were going to fail.
2: Yeah, because security engineers have no digital footprint. They're so hard to find.
0: <laughs> right, T uh, text is what I, they used to love to use because it's not searchable through browser, through search engines yeah. typically. Um, so they can't be found most of the time. It's yeah. pretty interesting, Stacey, to go through that.
1: Well, I think mean, we are at the top of the hour. This flies by really quickly. Yes. I want to say, right? Um, I learned so much. I learned something new on every show. And I want to say that the fine PDF doc was probably one of my favorites. Um, I, I had previously done Boolean searches for resumes on SlideShare, which I was like, this is amazing, you know, like resume searches, but I am definitely going to try that one. So thank you so much. I, I hadn't heard about follower wonk. Um, and the YouTube Boolean searches, those were fantastic because I I've always been like, how can I search? You know, YouTube, I haven't really dip, um, uh, dived into that. So I really appreciate you sharing your process, and this has been instrumental. We are going to have the recording for everybody on techrecruit.io. You can um, go into the members hub. We should have it up in the next couple days. So give me some time to edit it and post it. And then, of course, we'll send, we'll uh, have all the documents that Landon um, brought up and Aaron and all, a list of all the tools along with the link. And we appreciate everybody for being here. Um, we'll be back same time, same place every first Tuesday of the month. Uh, Mike chuidian is going to be our guest next Ooh. next month, um, oh, and I, be- I, I believe he has a jeweler because I always ask everybody to like you know find a jeweler. So he's suggested somebody. I don't know if it's confirmed yet. So even definitely like Tortorici
0: or Shally. Oh, like probably
1: Ritchie, Yeah. Yeah, Tortorici
0: <laughs> and him. Yep.
1: Probably. Probably. All right, friends. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and please be kind to one another. Take care. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Bye.